Welcome to the IntelliCast Podcast, brought to you by EMI Research Solutions. My name is Adam Jolly. Joining me, as always, is my co-host, Brian Lamar. Brian, how are you? Great. Snow's coming again. It's Snowmageddon. It's coming. It, we can't get away from it. It is sometime in March with the Magic of Podcast. We don't know what day it is. And it's way too late to be snowing, right? Oh, it's horrible. Ugh. The worst. Um, how's everything going with you, personally? Um, personally, great. Yeah. Excited. How about you? Uh, it's going pretty good. You know, uh, basketball is in full swing. Oh, yeah. I, I hate basketball now. <laughs> I realize that. I, I think I hate March Madness. Oh, it's, it's been good for me. Well, here's my thought. And I have this same conversation with myself come like uh, November, December every year during football season. Is that I believe I get too invested in 18 to 19 year olds. Yep. And I think about, like, I am really, you know, I'm a very big Notre Dame football fan. I'm a big Kentucky basketball fan, Xavier basketball fan. Um, and I get really heavily invested. And when they lose, I get crushed. And I don't know why I invest any anything into an 18 or 19-year-old because of where I was when I was 18 or 19-year-old. Absolutely. Can you imagine? <laughs> like, you're 18 years old. You're emotionally shot, right? Even more so now. Uh, back then, I think we were harder. Uh, but you you win a game. It's Saturday night. The next day, you have to play. You're in the NCAA tournament. You're in, say, Nashville, for instance. Yeah. <laughs> and your girlfriend dumps you on Saturday night. Yeah. The next day, you're supposed to go out and play in front of 18,000 people plus another, call it 9 million on TV. Yep. How are you performing when you're 18 years old? I mean, I don't, I don't know how these people get on the court sometimes. And, and you can see it on their faces too. Yeah, especially like, what if they're emotional wrecks? What if they're crazy? Right. I couldn't imagine it. And and our livelihood is dependent upon these kids. Yeah, especially I mean, if if gambling was legal, especially then, right? There's money involved. Yeah. I don't know. Maybe. Um, what are we? Who are we talking to today, Brian? We're talking to Rachel Altmont. Who is a friend of ours, yeah. and she heads up SampleCon. So I'm excited to talk about a little bit more about conferences and get her feedback. I am too. I think uh, Rachel brings kind of a unique aspect because she was in the industry. She knows about market research. I think sometimes when you talk with people that put on conferences, they might not know much about the industry. They, you know, one time, one day they're putting together a market research conference, and the next day they're putting on their tractor show or something. Right. So I'm fascinated to know more. And then just the changes that have gone on with SampleCon. You yeah. Know? Yep. I mean, it started out as basically a user experience conference for the Fulcrum Lucid platforms. Right. And everyone on the board was from Lucid. Right. right. And it's in New Orleans. It's basically in their office. Right. And then now it's transformed into this, um, the only sample-based yeah. Conference there is. Yeah, it's great. No longer in New Orleans. Right. It was in Austin this year. Yeah. And we're talking about everything. We're not just talking about programmatic sampling or DIY sampling. We're talking about right. incentives, B2B program. I mean, there's a lot there, and it's only going to evolve from there. So yeah. I'm excited and, to talk to her. And another interesting piece of this is you're going to let me interview her one-on-one. Yes. I am. Um, well, sometimes... <laughs> People out there might have this experience when people at their jobs just don't seem to have anything going on, and they're not doing anything, and they're just kind of moping around at their desk and bored and looking for the next assignment. And some of us are really busy, 
and have other things going on and life is calling um that that's what's happening now yeah i'm just kidding um, i don't even know what we were doing why i couldn't do this but hey here we are yeah um thanks again um i'm gonna go in now to our interview with uh, rachel altmont of SampleCon. hey welcome to the next segment of IntelliClass, where we are interviewing one of my favorite people rachel altmont rachel how are you I'm great. How are you? Doing great. So I guess we should start off. Um, I'm going to let you introduce yourself. Uh, um, what do you do? Why are you on the podcast today? <laughs> I don't know why y'all ask me. Now, I, um, I run SampleCon, which is started out as a user conference um, and has grown into an industry discussion that happens. Um, it's been happening for the past five years. That's right. That's where I know you're from. Um, I've been there many years, so it's it's great to have you on. Thank you for joining us. Um, hey, you're welcome. I'm thrilled to be here. Okay. Let's well, let's talk SampleCon since you mentioned it. Let's uh, this conference, as you mentioned, has really evolved over the years. I would love to hear kind of you've been inv- you've been in part of that involvement. Um, I would love to hear kind of um, from your perspective how it's changed over the past few years. Well, I you know I think it's interesting to watch the evolution of SampleCon and when it started, um, and I did not do the first one, but it was a user conference and what we quickly discovered was that we needed something more in the industry focused on sample and a platform that people could get together and have honest conversation. And over the past few years, especially the past 48 months, we've really seen the dynamic change and the energy change around the conference and the conversation and really have found, I think, our groove of being an organization that brings people to get together for collaborative conversation and just facilitate that collaborative conversation. Yeah, I agree. I have, um, I've been many times and I remember the first couple of years, it, it seemed almost, it was a very much a lucid, federated conference. But to their credit, to Lucent's credit, it's it's much more evolved now into um, a sampling conversation with a lot of people that are all friends. Um, so it's probably my favorite conference of the year. So um, thank you for everything you do, first off. Well, I love hearing that. And, and you know, it's, it's taken work. I, you know, I think it's hard for any organization when you start as part of one company to to evolve and to change perceptions in the industry around who's controlling that conversation. And with the inception of our board of directors a few years ago and with kind of the change in our board as we've added new members, it really has become a true industry conversation. And um, and I think that that is something that will continue to evolve over time. Okay, well, let's see. We just had this conference a couple weeks ago um, I'm assuming, when, when do you start working on the 2019? Does it have already started? It's already started. So we, once we pick the location for the conference that's in the upcoming year, we are already starting to think about the year after that and where we might be, what we might be doing, um, and the trajectory of going through kind of looking at two to three years at a time versus a 12-month window. Okay, and and you know I'm going to ask you. You probably knew before we decided to do this. Do you know where 2019 sample kind is going to be? Is this going to be breaking news? 
So I'm not quite ready to share <laughs> where we're going to be next year, but our goal is to have that announced um, in April, by April of this of this year, and oh my gosh. start that process much earlier than we've been able to do in the past. Oh my gosh, that's great! And I know that you love the cold weather, so I'm assuming it's going to be a cold weather location. Yes. So, you know, one of the great things about SampleCon is that we are bringing people together from across the industry, around the world, and so the goal in choosing a location is very much also driven by ease of travel for everyone who's coming, and we have focus on trying to get to warmer locations, although it seems to, the cold weather seems to follow us wherever we go, but of trying to help people get a little bit of a break from the winter. So, but we will we will share with you all the second we have the the 2019 location finalized. Okay, that sounds great. I I love the New Or I love New Orleans and I loved Austin, even though you know things we had challenges in Austin. Um, but I loved Austin, and I think we're all looking forward to finding out where we're going next year. So now we're really excited, and you know, and I think this year was a really good example of how nimble and flexible SampleCon is as an organization and our attendees. Um, you know, we had picked a location and with eight weeks notice found out that they weren't <laughs> going to be able to deliver. And um, we have an incredible team working behind me at, at ARD meetings and events who have been our partner since the start. And they helped make this a really seamless transition um, to an experience that was different than we had planned to provide that I think had a lot of positives that we hadn't anticipated. Absolutely, it was a great time. It was a, it was a great conference. So, um, well, that leads me to the next question. So, once you identify the city, and then I'm assuming you already have some topics, probably in, in written in pencil, and some speakers and sponsors you're getting ready to reach out to. So, well, how does that look like over the next, let's say, six months? that we do is first is obviously finding our location and getting all the contracts completed around that location before we announce just to ensure that everything works out the way we need it to work out. And then it's looking at themes that are happening in the industry to identify where we want to start to drive the conversation, where we think it will be in 12 months. And then opening that up really for the industry to help drive what that conversation looks like. And 2018 was a big shift for us in welcoming um, a lot of new speakers, a lot of new voices. We brought back our collaboration labs, which are our breakout sessions that we do at SampleCon, and really trying to have the voice of the industry be our attendees and not be our organization. And so we look to strive to continue that in the coming years and allowing those smaller discussions to happen as we look at what those topics are. The feedback we've heard um, already from last year really, or this year, I'm sorry, it's, it's 2018, um, has really focused around the fact that people loved those breakout sessions and the organic conversations that happened in those rooms. And so I'm looking at how we set that up to further facilitate those di that dialogue moving forward. Yeah, that's great. I love I love the breakout sessions. I I wish I could have attended more than one at a time. I bet you've heard that feedback a lot. So I'm I'm excited for the videos and the um, next steps when you release that. So when do you expect that to happen? Um, so the videos should be ready hopefully in 
hopefully this week, if not in the next two weeks, um, we're just finalizing editing of those. And and we'll be able to share that content from every every session that happened at SampleCon this year. And you're right, Brian, the feedback really was, the negative was there was competing content that nobody wanted to miss. Um, yeah. But that can be smart as a positive, and that means that the content that was selected this year was the right content for our, for our attendees. And so we're, you know, we're looking at how we continue to further facilitate those conversations and the networking. You know, one of the things yep. that we hear year over year about SampleCon that is different is the ability to, to network with so many people that you need to see in one location and really easily be able to talk to them. And so we want to continue to look at where are those opportunities to provide for attendees so that there's real ROI coming out of the conference. Yeah, absolutely. And I obviously we love the network part of it since we're sponsor the scavenger hunt. And it's kind of a weird situation in many ways that it's it's a bunch of competitors all together for a few days talking about industry challenges and revealing their secrets. And we're all partners, we're all clients, we're all um, we're all we're all um, competitors too. So it's it's kind of an interesting dynamic, and I'm really glad that it's evolved to like a very friendly, collaborative um, conference. Absolutely. And I, you know, I think one of the things that we're looking at as we look towards the future is how those conversations continue throughout the year, that they're not a moment in time conversation, but they're an ongoing dialogue. And, and that's really how you drive conversation and drive change and drive the, the partnerships that are being created, not just from a business perspective, but across the industry to bring change. Awesome. Well, I think that's, I think that will kind of cl- conclude our sample con discussion, if that's okay. And we can move on. That's perfect. Okay, great. Let's move on to the next topic, which is my favorite topic of the week, which is the research rant of the week. So, Rachel, you have an opportunity here to rant about something research-oriented. I'm going to give you the floor and just rant about something. So go ahead. So I think you actually just hit the nail on the head a moment ago about this. And my frustration and what I'd like to see us change as an industry is to stop looking at each other as competitors when we're coming together to have conversations as a group and look at how we actually can help each other because that is what's going to change and grow our industry. And as time changes and conversations need to change, there are obviously always items that are proprietary to each of our companies, but there are ways that we can be better partners as an industry, and we're really falling short, I think, on that in a lot of ways. Well, you know what? That's a great rant, and I did see a hint of um, more partnership, and that was when, I think it was Patrick that spoke about kind of standardization of variables, which... It's, it's kind of crazy to me that we all work in sample, but we all use different ways to just profile people and to identify people. And, you know, income might be one way with one sample provider, but it's measured a different way with another. And same thing with ethnicity and same thing with income and same thing with pretty much everything. I'm hoping, like, how can we not figure out consistency and standardization? So there was a little bit of a push towards that. So hopefully that's a step in the right direction. Absolutely, and and I think that's just one of the many areas as an industry we should be coming together and lobbying to to find solutions that actually are going to grow each and every one of your businesses. 
Very good. Well, that's the resource round of the week. Our next segment is a standard segment on the telecast. It's the four P's. And if you haven't heard it before, we take four P's from the marketing mix and we kind of change them around a little bit for our interviews. And they are um, present, place, purpose, and person. So Rachel, I have four questions for you. The first one. Okay. The first one, the first P is present. What is the best birthday present you've ever received? Okay, so this is a hard one because I'm not a big present person. But I think the, my favorite thing was actually my husband sending me to London after my nephew was born so that I could go spend a week with him and get to know him and, and help my brother and his wife adjust to parenthood. That was probably one of the, the best things I've been given. I, I have so many questions. So your brother lives in London? <laughs> My brother does live in London, so he um, is in finance and moved over there when, oh, God, it's been 13, about 12 and a half years. Oh, wow. And that's the one and married and, and lives there. So we, I try to go as often as I can, but one of the things that we have done consistently for each other is every time one of us has had a child is to come over and be there to help for a week or a long weekend, however is needed. So when we had our first I guess my first and my second child, my my brother came over and, and just took, held the babies at night because he was on, on, on London time, and so he was up all night anyway. And when I went over, I've gone over twice now, but uh, for both of my nephews, just doing whatever you need to do to help your family out, which is just something special that we're able to share with each other. That may be the best answer to this question we've had in a telecast. I think we've done eight, eight episodes, so, man, that was really good. Um Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> Next P is place. What place or day is kind of your ideal setting or happiest place? Uh, my happy place is absolutely the beach. There's nothing like just listening to the ocean and relaxing and being in the sun. Are there, are there beaches in New Orleans? <laughs> there aren't, but we are close to some of the most beautiful beaches I've ever seen in the U.S., actually. So right... Once you cross over Alabama into Florida, there's yep. this beautiful white sand stretch of beaches yep. um, that we go to every year from Perdido and Orange Beach all the way down to Alice Beach and um, Destin. And it's just, it's gorgeous. I agree. There, there should be a beach in, in New Orleans. They have a lot of water, the Gulf Coast. There should be. <laughs> Oh, well, too much, too much swamp we land, I guess. We have a lake. <laughs> yeah. Right. We have a lake, and you can sail on a lake, but it's not the same as being at the beach and the sound of waves. Okay. This is what Adam let, gets for letting me control the interview. I get lots of weird question follow-ups. Okay. <laughs> Next P is purpose. Um, who has kind of driven you to success? So if you had to give an acceptance speech, get to thank somebody that helped you get where you are, who would you thank? You know, it's really my mom, and she pushed me from a very early age to know that nothing was out of my reach and whatever I wanted to do, I could do, and because of her, I've, I've been very successful in, in being able to drive a career and then learn to balance it with family. Awesome. My mom is on my list as well. That's, that's great. Um, last question. And this, normally it's person, so it's a Mount Rushmore question, but today we've adjusted a little bit for you. Top four places that you've traveled <laughs> to. Okay, so 
I would say New Orleans has been top of my list since before I lived here. It's just a fun city that you can experience in a different way every time you come here. I love New York City. Probably that and London are my two top places that I love. And a recent love for me is actually Los Angeles as a result of my youngest child and her <laughs> pursuing a career in acting. <laughs> That's that is an awesome list. I would definitely have a few of those on there. Um, I haven't been to Los Angeles in a long time. Let's see, what would I add to that list? Um, I'm a big Paris fan. Have you been to Paris, Rachel? I haven't. So the only I've been to London and to Moscow and the oh. Republic in Russia, but I've not been to anywhere else in Europe. So Europe all over is on my list. Okay. So the the only one I would change would be Paris, and I would. I would recommend you going. I, there's rumors similar to New York City that people are rude. I found people to be exceptionally nice and pleasant. I think they say that to keep people out, keep people out of Paris and keep people out of New York when people are just really nice. I, and I have to say, being somebody who lived in New York for a long time, I think New York gets a bad rap. Yep. I think that people are actually much nicer than people give them credit for but it's just such a busy crowded city that sometimes you get rubbed the wrong way yeah as long as you're not standing around like a tourist and staring at the tall buildings you're okay <laughs> exactly you need to put Moscow on your list I, oh. I, have, I went when I was 16 and it is one of the most spectacular cities I've ever seen. I would love to go to, but I think I think everybody should be. I feel like the media has told us we're all should be scared of Russia right now. So I'm a little scared to kind of go right now. <laughs> <laughs> I think if you stay on the beaten path, you're okay. But it's, okay. It's, the architecture and everything about that experience is very different from anywhere else I've been in the world. Okay. Well, I'm, I'm booking a trip. Um, Next, we have a bonus question for you this week, Rachel. I think it's the first time we've had a bonus question. It's March Madness, and the brackets were just recently announced. And I'm not sure if you're a college basketball fan, but I would love you kind of your pick. Who's going to win March Madness? I have no idea. <laughs> and I think I need to pick like a total wild card, right? Okay. <laughs> so I'm, and maybe they're not a wild card because this is how much know, I know about college basketball, but I'm going to take Syracuse because I grew up in Ithaca, New York, and Syracuse, we spent a lot of time going to their games. That's a great pick, and typically when people like you pick these things, they win. So I'm, I think you have like a 50-50 shot. <laughs> that would be great. I hope I, I hope I get into a pool with money for that one. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Um, next question, and this is another standard segment on Intellicast, and that is um, a 30-second clock on the non-research rant of the week. So, Rachel, you have 30 seconds. You can rant about absolutely anything and go. Okay, so my rant is that I would really like to see us as a parent and with young children who are experiencing everything that's going on in the world start to see us as a country come back together and empower our youth further to kind of help drive us forward as a, as a country and as a world and to start looking at what are those positives that we need to be teaching them and giving them to ensure that there is a bright future for all of them. You know, that's a really good rant and I agree with you. And, you know, we had a great day at SampleCon a couple weeks ago discussing politics and you may not say so, but I think it was great for me. But there's so much more that everybody agrees on, right? I'm sorry. I, I agree. I think, there, I think 
that we actually, no matter where you fall in the political spectrum of things, that there's a lot that people can agree on, and it's right. hard to not agree on ensuring a future for our children. And right. I don't know what that future is, but I'd like to see that with our focus versus continuing to tear each other down. Right. We can all agree that the safety of our children and educating our children is some of the most important things that we can do. And how can we not work together? And unfortunately, maybe we have to depend on our children to figure this out, right? Yes. <laughs> I think that's very true. And I think that we're seeing the youth do that. But I'd like to ensure that they feel that they have that kind of honest hope that I think we all had when we were kids. Okay, well, that concludes our interview, Rachel. Um, thank you so much. I um, can't wait to see you again. Hopefully it's not next year in Atlanta. Yes, we will definitely be in Atlanta. <laughs> and, and stay tuned because you'll be hearing about the Epicon doing a lot of different things this year than we've done in the past. So okay. lots to come in the next year. Awesome. Is there anything you want to plug? Do you have a Twitter handle you'd like to plug? Um, yeah, SampleCon is at SampleCon, and we can also be found on Facebook, and, um, and our website is SampleCon.com. There's lots of content from conferences that can be used um, within your organization, so feel free to check out what's on there as well. Awesome. Well, thanks, Rachel. I really appreciate you doing the podcast today, and we'll talk to you soon. Sounds great. Thank you for the opportunity. All right. Thanks. Bye-bye. Thank you, Brian, for that great interview with Rachel. I think uh, I loved hearing just like the inside workings of how a conference works and kind of the planning that goes into it. Um, it takes a lot of time. Yeah, full-time job, year-round. Yeah, Jeez. Uh, that does it for this week's episode of IntelliCast. Uh, please, as always, feel free to follow us at on Twitter at EMI underscore research. Um, our email address, if you have any show topics, any questions, any rant ideas, any Mount Rushmore ideas, is IntelliCast at emi-rs.com. Um, closing up, Brian, it's the last week of March. It's spring break yeah. for a lot of schools, a lot of parents out there. Yeah. What was your favorite spring break moment? Well, I'm going to go with a, an adult spring break moment. So okay. This is research-related. About 15 years ago, I was doing some focus groups in Miami, Florida. And this, these focus groups are on Monday, Tuesday, and Wednesday. And so my buddy and I, he was the moderator of these groups. We decided we're going to go down on Friday to Miami. It was in March, obviously. And we were like, man, it's, there's spring training baseball going on in South Florida. So we went down there. We saw some Baltimore Orioles. Miami Marlins were playing, and then we quickly realized it's spring break. So we decided, you know what, we're gonna we're gonna pretend it's like it's our spring break. So we we rented one of those little bitty cars, you know, and drove on the boardwalk, and we acted like we were 21 years old and we're in our 30s. It was such a wonderful time. We went That's to see great. Britney Spears in concert. We expensed that, so hopefully the old accountant from back in the day has never found that receipt, but we expensed yeah tickets. Take it to them. Uh, my best spring break, typically when we, when I was in spring break in college, we would always go to Florida for, we would do a baseball spring training break, and we would see two games a day, do a day game and a night game, travel somewhere, and stay in a horrible hotel. Like, we weren't, it wasn't a party down spring break, but one day we decided to do nine hot dogs and nine innings. Nice, yeah. Um it was the worst day of my life. Like, meat sweats is a real thing. Yeah. The stench 
We all felt like everyone that didn't participate fell asleep in the back of this old van that we rented for the week. <laughs> it was so horrible. It shut us down. We missed the night games. It shut us down from like 4 p.m. till probably 10 a.m. the next day. Nine hot dogs in in the two and a half hour period. Oh, it's horrible. So the next day we did nine beers and nine innings, and that was no problem. That's Easy. Much better. What a breeze. Uh, <laughs> well, thanks so much for joining us today on the IntelliCast podcast. Uh, looking forward to next week with new guest. Uh, will be Bailey Buchanan of Research for Good. And uh, please always reach out to us with any questions. Showtime. <laughs> This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.